The title is Holy Spirit Appointments. Holy Spirit Appointments. And before we get into this, um, I want to read you a scripture. But the goal of this series is not just to up the quantity that you hear from God, but it's also to up the clarity and quality that you hear from God. I want you to learn not just to hear from God more, but hear from Him more clearly. And there are several ways to hear from God. There are, um, He can speak through people. Uh, pastors, teachers, apostles, prophets, friends, parents, authority figures, people you don't like, people you do like, your children, grandchildren. He can speak through people. He can speak through circumstances, through dreams, angels. We're going to talk about all that in our series. But the difference between people who have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and people who don't is that people who do can hear the voice of God spirit to spirit. you got to understand there's a big difference. If you're not saved, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't have the relationship with the Holy Spirit, you can come to church here and you can still understand what I'm saying. And I'm speaking to you and I'm hoping that most of the sermon is, 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 is the vocal cords of God. I hope that I'm, I'm able to speak to you and you hear from God. You can hear through the worship and praise. You can hear from God. You can... Um, you can hear from your circumstances in life. There's times where God allows things to happen to draw us closer to Him. There's times where God allows us to have consequences of our actions so we can see. So but if you know Jesus, if you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you should be able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Not feelings, not an audible thing, not an impression, but a spiritual voice. And that's what, one of the things I'm trying to teach you to do. So I want to read you a scripture before we get into today's sermon. And the scripture is in John chapter 10. There's a bunch of them in there if you want to write it down. But John 10, verse 3, it starts off like this. The sheep hear his, what's that word? Voice. As he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. Verse 4. The sheep follow him because they know his, does it say voice or does it say impression? Does it say voice or does it say feeling? Does it say their hair will stand up on their arms or does it say voice? voice? Verse 16, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. That's you and me. That's Gentiles. That's, non that's non-Jewish people. That's Christians. Um, and <laughs> that, are of, that are not of the sheepfold. They will listen to my voice and heed my call. Verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Okay, by the scriptures we just read, uh, you know, you don't have to be a great theologian. You don't have to have read the whole Bible. But by these scriptures, what should his sheep be able to hear? His voice. So I want you to say this. I want you to say, I can hear his voice because I'm a sheep. Now look at the person that said that and say, I thought I smelled something. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay, listen. We are born in the natural with the ability to hear in the natural we are born again in the spirit with the ability to hear in the spirit but we have to learn how we have to be taught how to hear spiritually um, when a child is born and they have healthy ears they are able to hear but they have to be taught how to listen in fact some of you are still trying to teach your spouse how to listen. Listen, the, and I'm not even joking at all either. That person is speaking to you in the same language that you speak. They are speaking to you audibly. They are saying words that you understand, yet you have no idea what it is they're trying to say. And the Bible talks about in Proverbs how a wise man 
is able to draw out the understanding from a person's heart. In other words, the, the more spiritually mature you are, the more you're able to actually hear what someone is trying to communicate or what your spouse or your kids are trying to say. You know, your kid's saying, um, um, your kid's saying, Dad, you know, will you buy me a skateboard? And what they're really saying is, I need time with you and I don't know what else to do. But you're not hearing it. Um, so it's very important that we learn how to hear in the natural. It's even more important if you recognize the difficulty of being able to hear in the natural and what someone is really desperately trying to say and what's in their heart, how much more difficult would it be for us to learn how to hear in the spirit realm? We have to be taught. And I'm going to try to teach you that today. I, I, I researched everybody in the Bible who claims to have heard the voice of God. I researched all the people I've known in my life who claim to hear the voice of God. And I used my own experience. And I found one common denominator in 99% of those people. That common denominator is this. They all make Holy Spirit appointments. They literally set a time, set a place, and they make an appointment to meet with God and to hear from God. They actually, they, let me ask you, if I was able to set up a meeting between you and anybody dead or alive, one of your loved ones that has already passed away, um, Michael Jordan, uh, Abraham Lincoln, Oprah Winfrey, whoever you want to hear from, and I said, I'm going to set up an appointment. Let me ask you, would you be willing to drive a few miles away from your house to meet with that person? Would you be willing to turn your cell phone off for the time that you spent in a meeting with them? Would you be willing to get off of Facebook for a few minutes to go and hang out with them? Let me ask this. Um, uh, would you be willing to not talk the entire time? In other words, would you say, you know what? I'm going to do some talking, but I, I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you have to say. Would that person be valuable enough in your life, important enough to you, that you would actually listen intently to draw out whatever it is they were trying to communicate? Of course you would. How much more valuable should the voice of God be in our life? You set appointments with people and you show up to those appointments with people you don't even like all the time. I bet if I looked at your calendar in the past six months, you probably met with 20 people you do not ever want to see. In fact, some of y'all are probably planning on meeting with people for Thanksgiving that you only want to see once a year. You don't even want to meet with them, but you're doing it because you have to. Right? <laughs> y'all aren't raising your hand because you're like, I brought them to church today. What am I supposed to do? They're sitting next to me, Pastor. Jeez, why are you doing this to me? Okay, so, <laughs> so let me read you some scriptures. Uh, Exodus 19, 14. Prepare yourselves to meet with God. Verse 19, God spoke and answered Moses with a, what's the word? Voice. Okay, here's what I need you to see. God comes to a prepared atmosphere. God shows up when an atmosphere has been prepared for God to show up. There are a few times he showed up you know, uninvited and that kind of thing. But for the most part, he comes to a prepared atmosphere. He inhabits the praises of his people, not the complaints of his people, not the murmurings of his people. Uh, what would this church service be like and how well would you be able to hear from God today if there was no preparation? One of the most ignorant things I've ever heard pastors say is, I don't need to study. I don't need to learn how to be a public speaker. The Holy Spirit will just lead me. That's the most arrogant, ignorant thing I've ever heard in my life. We have to be taught uh, the New Testament says God's looking for people that have abilities, not just availability, but abilities. 
Um, what would it be like if we didn't turn the lights on and the ushers didn't show up, the children's church teachers didn't prepare a lesson? What if the musicians just said, hey, we're just going to start service and see what happens. We're going to let the Spirit lead us. We don't need music. We don't need words. We're just going to see what happens. There would not be much peace in this room. It would be full of chaos. When you meet with God, you need to prepare to meet with God. The, the more you prepare, the more clear you will hear from God during that meeting. And I'm going to tell you some things you can do in a second. Mark 1.35, in the morning, before daylight, Jesus went to a secluded place and there he prayed. When the Son of God needed to hear the voice of his Father, what did he do? He made a time, an appointment, he got by himself, and he heard the voice of God. And I really believe, and I must talk to you about it in a little bit, I don't think y'all see the value in this like you should. I don't think you understand that some of these things that are weighing on your heart today, some of these things you're confused about, some of the insecurities you have, some of the questions you have, God can answer them better than anybody else. God can minister to you like you would not even imagine if you'll take the time to do it. So I'm going to give you three points today that all start with the letter S. When it comes to making a Holy Spirit appointment, these three things are vital. And when you do these things, you will hear God more clearly and more accurately. Okay, here we go. Number one is this, Scripture. you got to have Scripture when you meet with God, and I'll tell you why. And maybe you're a lot more mature than I am, but when I get alone to meet with God, my mind starts going a million miles a minute. I think about the business of my day. I think about who hurt me the day before and where I'm going to fix this situation. And then, and then I'll think about how i got to accomplish this and accomplish that and how am I going to do this before the kids get there. And then I think about what we got to buy at Walmart, what we're eating for lunch, what we're going to make for dinner tonight, how we're going to afford this, what are we going to do with that, what do we need to save here. And all my thoughts just start going. I'll have lustful thoughts, angry thoughts, bitter thoughts. If I don't prepare my mind then who knows what the devil's going to send to my mind. So I have to get Scripture out. Now let me tell you something about Scripture. When I taught you how to pray a few months ago, did I teach you to pray in your head or did I teach you to pray out loud? Out loud. 99% of the people in the Bible who prayed, prayed out loud. When I read Scripture, a lot of times, sometimes in my head if I'm studying, but if I get alone with God, I will read it out loud because I need to hear the Scripture, not just think about it. Faith comes by hearing the word of God not just now thinking about it's great Joshua 1 8 Psalms 1 and 3 but when you say it you get to hear it it's very important that you hear the scripture being read um there's three things that that, that three spiritual symbols that the Bible talks about when talking about scripture and the word of God and I want to give you those three the first one is bread bread um Mark 6 35 Jesus said this I'm the bread of life I am the bread of life what, is, what do you feel like when you don't eat? When you skip a meal in the natural, how many of you get cranky, uggy, and hangry, and all them other things because you haven't eaten? You know good and well if you skip a meal and you come home and you're aggravated, your spouse says, honey, you need to eat something. You need to eat something. You're not eating right. You're not, putting, you're not consuming food. Eating bread, eating food once a week is not enough for y'all. You can't just eat on Sunday morning. You need to eat every single day. Natural bread sustains our natural body. Spiritual bread sustains our spiritual body. Uh, we have a lot of malnourished Christians in the body of Christ because they're not eating what they should be eating. I read um, that you could actually go 40 to 80 days without eating food. If you had to, you can go 40 to 80 days, that's one or two months without eating food. But how long can you go without hydrating yourself and drinking water? 
John 4.14 says this about the Word of God. Jesus said, the water I give is a spring of living water within them. Now, last week we talked about the spiritual and the natural in the Bible. If you ever want to see a spiritual and natural conversation and trying to hear from God, go to John 4 with the woman at the well. Remember, she's like, I'm thirsty. And Jesus is like, I'm thirsty. And he's like, get me something. She says, I don't have anything to get the water. He said, I got water that you'll never thirst. She said, how can you get that? You know, how, how big's the bucket? Where's the well? And they have this conversation. And finally, she realizes he's talking spiritual talk. Um, you know, it says in Ephesians 5, 26, that he might cleanse us, the church, by the washing of the water with the word of God. Here's what this is saying. For God's sake, take a bath. Some of y'all hadn't taken a bath since last Sunday. You spiritually stink to high heaven or to low hell, one or the other, but you stink. I wonder what would it be like if the person that was sitting next to you right now, if they hadn't showered in the natural since last Sunday, you would probably get up and move somewhere else, right? We'd be like, high five your neighbor, and then you'd kind of do like this during that part and see if they notice, because they stink in the natural. Some of y'all stink spiritually and you don't even realize it. You know, a lot of times you can't smell your own body odor. A lot of times you can't smell your own spiritual odor. Let me tell you the honest truth about myself. If I did not eat this and drink this every single day, I would be, and I, I kid you not, I would probably be the most impatient, um, arrogant, insecure, um, lust bucket, angry, um, uh, mean, hateful, um, selfish man you've ever met in your life. I, real, I promise you I would. I'm not just trying to exaggerate and make it good for the sermon. I would be vilely disgusting if I didn't feed this. I am not who I am because of John Paul. I'm who I am because I feed myself words that come from God on a regular basis. i got to do this. I even find myself, if I didn't spend the proper time that I need to spend each day, I find myself thinking, man, you're, you, you better read something before your kids get in the house. You better read something before your wife comes home from work because you stink. You stink. And I would not spend time with my wife if I hadn't showered. It's like I'm not going to spend time with y'all if I hadn't showered myself with this. Our spirit is cleansed by the blood of Jesus, but our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions is cleansed by the Word of God. This is what cleanses you. Now, how long you can go a month or two without eating bread? How long can you go without drinking water? I read you can go four, uh, I'm sorry, seven to 14 days. One to two weeks. So one to two months without eating bread. One to two weeks you can go without drinking or hydrating yourself. But how long can you go without breathing? Psalms 33, 6 says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and everything in them by the breath of his mouth. 2 Timothy 3, 16, all scripture is God-breathed. You know when light was created and God spoke it, the reason light came is because God breathed. you got to be able to breathe. you got to breathe if you're going to talk. This is the breath of God. The breath of God. This is our spiritual oxygen. You know what I do all week long? Here's what I do. And I hold it in as long as I can until the end of the week. And then on Sunday morning, I blow it out to all of y'all. Now, I used to do that for different reasons before I got saved. But now that's why I do it. And... I spend time with the Most High every single day. And some of y'all, y'all hadn't breathed since last Sunday. You're about to pass out. 
Don't be a malnourished, dehydrated, oxygen-depleted Christian. Get some scripture in you. Sunday morning is not enough. So number one is scripture. Number two is this. You got to get still. You have to get still. You know, I, I thought about if you don't spend time, quiet time, understanding this general word of God, how are you ever going to be able to hear the specific word of God spirit to spirit? If we don't have time, if we don't spend the time studying this generally, because these are general words from God, how do you expect to hear a specific voice from the Spirit of God? Uh, if, if you were meet, Let's say your meeting was set up with George Washington, and he spent months and months emailing you. Months and months and months. When y'all get together, what do you think he's going to talk about? He's probably going to go back to talk about the, the emails I sent you. You say, I didn't read none of them. I just wanted to talk to you face to face. He's going to say, you didn't read that part about this and this? No. You didn't read this and this? No. Well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. I wanted to talk to you about all the emails I sent you. When you get still with God, you got to put this inside of your mind, inside of your thought life. And the importance of stillness is this. Quietness, silence. We live in a very noisy society. I don't know if you know that, but it seems like the closer we get to the end times, the more noise there is around us. I mean, you walk in your house, I bet you after you're in your house today, after service, after 30 minutes of being in your home, you'll hear a dishwasher, a dog, a cell phone, a TV, YouTube, Facebook. Um, I mean, you'll, you'll hear your kids screaming and husband fussing. you hear all these things. And here, our goal is to hear a whisper. You can't hear a whisper if there's all this ambient noise everywhere, you got to lower the ambient noise in your life. Um, it's not up there, but Psalms 46.10 says to be still and recognize or know that I am God. God does not want to compete with this. He's not in the business of competing with Instagram, with Facebook, with um, the dogs barking, with the children crying. Listen, he doesn't even want to compete with K-Love, Christian Radio. There's a time for worship and praise and filling your mind with that. And there's a time to turn everything off and get still and get quiet. Lock your door to your room. Put a note on there. Don't bother mommy for 20 minutes because I'm the devil, but I'm going to come out like Jesus. You got to do whatever it takes. <laughs> I just thought of that. I, had, I, I literally had no idea I was gonna, what I was going to say. I started the sentence. I didn't know what was going to come out. But anyway... You should put on there. You should have a before and after picture. The before picture, you got horns and you got a, you know, you're holding a, a pitchfork. And then say, if you give mommy 20 minutes by herself with Jesus, turn it back around. And that's what I'll look like. I'll look like an angel afterwards. But anyway, let me tell you how I learned this point, okay? It's, it's very awkward, but it, I love it when God teaches me something and then later I find it in his word and find, wow, I did hear from God and that didn't make sense, you know? But um, when I started pastoring, it didn't occur to me until after I started pastoring, that I would need to learn how to hear from God. You would think before you're a pastor, you'd figure out how to do that. I didn't figure out how to do that beforehand. Nobody ever taught me how to hear from God. Nobody ever taught me what I'm teaching you. Nobody ever sat me down and said, hey, you know, you have a relationship with Jesus. Let me teach you how to hear from him. There was no practicality behind it. And so I started pastoring and I thought, man, I need to learn how to hear from God. So I started studying and learning and I learned how to hear from God every now and then. I became really good at hearing from God when it came to writing sermons. I became good and better at hearing from God on how to pastor. Then I started hearing from God on how to parent. 
or be a friend or be a husband. And I really, in all honesty, I got it out of order. I, I spent so much time seeking God to be a good, you know, pastor or public speaker. I, I forgot what the relationship issues, but either way. And so I was learning, but I wasn't hearing from God enough like I thought, I, like I felt like I was supposed to. And one day after a few years, I, um, for some reason, I just felt led uh, to, to spend some money and get an extra hot water heater in my house. <clears throat> so I got an extra hot water heater, and I did it for the purpose of being able to take really, really long showers. Like 30, I got it where I could take a 30 to 45 minute hot shower on full blast, and the water never got cold. Now, this is not a sermon on visualization. It's a sermon on hearing from God. So I want everybody to just keep your pure thoughts. I'll preach like this the whole time. Anyway, and so, so I, I, was, I was thinking like, wh- why does this mean so much to me? Why does standing in the shower and just being, why does it mean so much? <laughs> and it occurred to me after years of doing that, because I, I was craving that time. I would take two showers a day. I, and it occurred to me, that was the only time at the time in my life then, the only time ever that I was unable to answer my cell phone. It was the only time that my kids didn't bother me. It was the only time I was unable to work, unable to type, unable to clean, unable to fix something. Unable, I mean, I was cleaning, but I wasn't, you know, cleaning, you know, the, the, how, the rest. Anyway, so I, 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 it was the only time that I got alone with God. The only time. After I learned that that was the reason, since that time, I make appointments every single day. And I either turn my cell phone off, I put it in another room or something like that. I I, I lock my door sometimes. I have like a a fan that just, you know, kind of fan. I'll put that by the door. So if I feel like talking to God, I just feel like it's just me and him. I have to have these appointments. I have to. I would be the worst person in the world if I did not spend quiet, silent time with God and God alone every day. 1 Samuel 3 verse 1, it says this, The child Samuel ministered unto the Lord, worshiping and serving him under the direction of Eli. There's this very unusual scripture right here. All of a sudden it just says this, The spoken word of the Lord was rare in those days. Everybody say rare. Rare. So let me give you the background behind this. Eli's running the church and he stays behind the sanctuary Little Samuel lives at the church, and he sleeps in the sanctuary. That's, that's He sleeps on the pews or whatever it would be in here. And God was not speaking very much during this time. He was communicating, but he wasn't speaking. It was rare. I'm not a theologian, but I believe by studying, I figured out why it was so rare. And I think this is why. In this day and age, it, 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 and from this scripture, in society, it was extremely chaotic and noisy. Extremely. There were rapes, murders, and theft going on all through the day and night. And the only quiet place in this area was in the church at night. And so Samuel's laying in the sanctuary. He's a little kid. Little kid. Like all them kids. He was just like a little kid back there. And he hears a voice that says, Samuel. So he runs up and he goes to Eli. Wakes up. Eli, what is it? He says, I didn't call you, son. I didn't call you. Go back and go to sleep. Samuel thinks that's weird. So he's laying down and hears the voice again, Samuel. Once again, he looks around, doesn't hear it. So he goes to Eli, Eli, what is it, man? I'm I'm here, whatever you need. Eli says, it's not me. The Bible says in verse 6, the boy did not recognize 
the voice of the Lord. In other words, the sheep, he wasn't a sheep. He didn't know God's voice yet. Here's why. Because he did not yet know the Lord. Think about, I didn't say this in the first service, but think about somebody calling you from an unknown number, one of your friends, and their name doesn't pop up, and they say, hey, what's up? And immediately, you know, oh, hey, so-and-so, why are you calling from this number? It's because you know them. Samuel didn't know, and I love this. God called this boy who didn't know him by name. That means every one of you in here that don't know Jesus, God calls you by name. Now, if you want him to say more than just your name, you need to get along with him. You need to respond to him. But right now, he's calling you by name. And so Samuel goes back there again a third time. And Eli says, the third time, Eli says this in verse 9, go back and lay down. If you hear the voice again, answer it and say, speak, Lord. Your leader, your, your servant is listening. So Samuel comes back in the sanctuary. It's all quiet. No chaos, no strife, just laying there. No electricity's on. He turned the TV off, turned his Facebook off, all that. And he lays down and he hears the voice, Samuel. And Samuel says this, Lord, your servant is listening. And God downloaded, downloaded unto Samuel's life. And he'll do the same for you as well. Psalms 23, verse 1 to 3 says, The Lord's my shepherd. He leads me. Here's where he leads us to. The still and quiet waters. Why does he lead us there? So he can refresh and restore our soul. Let me ask you an honest question, okay? And I realize this isn't like an exciting sermon and, you know, you're, you're going to be like totally into it. Let me ask, when is literally the last time that you got by some still and quiet waters in your life? Like literally. When did you literally go to some still and quiet waters to hear from the voice of the creator of the universe? We, got it. we can go to the ocean. Just go walking on the ocean. Just sit in your backyard. Go in the shower if you got to. Do whatever it takes. Just get still and quiet with God. It'll change your life. Number three starts with an S. Number three is serve. Serve or give or worship. Um, it's so funny. In my life, the people who always claim to hear God's voice the most are the ones who are always on the front row in church. They're always serving. They're giving. They're singing. They're worshiping. Their hands are lifted. They're, they're clapping. They're giving God. They're all. And it seems like you think, well, man, those are the weird ones. That's why they say they hear from God. No. Biblically, those are the ones that are going to hear from God the most. The most. And, and you, I, know, I know what it's like to grow up and think, those are the weird ones. Stay away from them. Don't be part of their short groups. Don't go down for prayer for them. They lift their hands the whole time. That's, who knows what they'll do to me. Listen, those are the ones that are going to hear from God. And let me just give you the wisdom behind this, okay? What is God going to talk to you about if he, when He talks to you? When he talks to you, let me just name some topics and you tell me if you agree or disagree. God's going to talk to you about love, forgiveness, giving. He's going to talk to you about your marriage, your relationships, your children. He's going to talk to you about your insecurities, your fears, your doubts, your worries. Yes, isn't God going to talk to you? Okay, what is the foundation, the base, the bond? What is the purpose? If we, if we keep slicing back everything that he says to you and everything God has ever said to anybody... Wouldn't you say the foundation goes all the way back to building the kingdom of God, feeding his sheep, and serving his body? Wouldn't you agree that everything that God said, well, I wanted God to tell me if I should buy the black dog or the white dog. Okay, if God speaks to you about that, somehow, some way, it has to do with serve my body, feed my sheep. I and mean, he'll talk to you about those things. 
Which car should I buy? Maybe he's going to tell you don't buy any of them. Maybe he's going to tell you, I want you to buy this nicer car so you can give people a ride to church or so you can go minister in another state so you can be, what I don't know. But everything God talks to you about, it has to do with serving his body and building his church. Acts 13, 2. As they ministered unto the Lord, worshiping and serving him, the Holy Spirit spoke to them. Now, if it doesn't get any more clear than what our appointment should, than this, I don't know what else to tell you. Let me give you an analogy and then I'll be done. <clears throat> If I'm in another country and my wife is here, my bride is here, and I send you some money because she needs some money and I'm, I'm, I need to send it to you so you can take it to her. She's sick and I send you some medicine to help bring healing to her life. Um, she's got a leak in her roof and I send you the money, I send you the tools and the directions. And you say, you know what, I really don't care about your bride. I'm going to just do what I, I'm just, I'm just going to take care of myself. I'm going to use all these resources you've given me only for what I want to do, for my house being fixed, for my bank account, for the things that I want to spend my time on. What would I say to you if that were your attitude? Now, I'd probably say some four-letter words, and then after that, I'd say zero. And God may say love, but after that, feed my sheep, take care of my bride. So when God passes strength to you, money to you, time to you, wisdom to you, um, when He encourages you, when He gives you joy, when He gives you peace, when He speaks into your life and you refuse to serve His bride because the church is called the bride of Christ, what do you think He's going to say to you? I mean, you really think He's going to talk to you about the car, the dog, or... You need help. You need to fix this. You want this to happen. God, I have a dream, and I want you to make this dream come true in my life. And God's like, I got a bride. I want you to help take care of my bride. No, no, no. Let's just talk about my dream today. What do you think he's going to say to you if you don't have a heart to serve his body? Now, in closing, I want to say this. The first service got the wrong answer to this question. I think y'all are smarter. I think y'all are smarter. Um... If I said to you, if I do these things you're saying, I make the Holy Spirit appointment, and I get Scripture, I get still, and I have a heart to serve the body of Christ, is there a 100% chance that God will speak to me each and every time? The answer is no. There's a 99% chance, but it's not a 100% chance. And I'm going to give you two points at this. Years ago, I read a book on Mother Teresa. It was a very thick book. I honestly... Don't remember any of it, but one page. There's one page in this book. I can tell you where I was at. I can tell you what the book smelled like. I can tell you the temperature in the room. I can tell you the font on the page. That's how clear I remember this one page in this book. And she talked about how she heard God's Spirit speak to her and tell her to go and serve His, his, his body. Go and serve. Go give her life. So she, she leaves, and you know the story, Mother Teresa. She goes and she sacrifices day in and day out. She serves. She gives her life. In the middle of her story, there's a long season of her life where this extraordinary godly woman stopped hearing the voice of God. God was on mute. And she begged, and she pleaded, and she prayed, and she cried, and she served, and she made appointments, and she got quiet. And this woman who had been able to hear God so clearly 
for some reason that which she, she does not know until, until she got to heaven, for some reason she could no longer hear the voice of God. And she wrote in this book, instead of being hard-hearted or fearful, I've done something wrong or angry, why is he not speaking to me after I've done all this for him? Instead of all these negative emotions rising up, she said this, I just decided to continue doing the last thing that I did hear him say to me, which was go and serve my body. And she talks about after this long season of silence, for no apparent reason at all, once again, God began to speak. And when I read that, I remember having this thought, God, that was the most sad story I've ever heard. And then God said, no, there's one that's sad. And he brought me to Matthew 26. You know the Son of God made an appointment to meet with God? He set a time, a place, he went by himself, and he prayed and he begged and he pleaded for God to speak to him. Three times in Matthew 26, verse 39, he said this, Father, if it's possible, if there's any other way, just remove this cup of suffering from me. If there's any way that this can be fulfilled without me having to go through this horrific, sacrificial death, if there's any other option, let me know. Speak now. Is there anything else I can do? Is there another way? Is there another plan? Is there any way you can help me out with this? God, please speak to me. Please, God, I want to hear you so bad right now. If there was ever a time I needed your voice, I need it now. And God the Father sighed. And so Jesus just did the last thing he heard God tell him to do, which was give your life. And so he did. And once again, Jesus began to hear the voice of his father. 